Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Technicia, and welcome to the show, The Bright Side with Technicia. Here where you get live shows with guests who have real experiences, real trauma, and they're here to give you the advice to get over that hump. When you think that you're alone out there in the universe with your issue, there's someone else who has the same issue. And if you're afraid to come forward and ask your questions, don't be. That's what the show is all about. I don't mind you calling in. Do so at 347-426-3751. It's a call-in number. You will be put on the air, and you can ask many questions as you want on this show. But if you're too afraid, I always have a chat box, too, where you can chat in and get your questions answered. Normally, I go live, but today, fortunately, I'm not going live. That'll be for the dedicated ones who love to listen in from 12 to 1. And I'm sorry, guys, I haven't been around, but due to the scheduling, hey, fortunately, you're here with me today, and we'll give you, and I'll make sure I give you a good show. Or I could say we'll give you a good show because you, as my listeners, are my audience too. So I'm glad to have everyone here on a good sunny day in Georgia. That's right, because today is May the 8th, 2018. We are already in the second week of May, and I'm telling you, it's going by so quick. Children will be out of school after a while. But not going to bore you. You know how I do. I'm going to hit you with some good tunes. Or maybe not, not going to hit you with those good tunes. Because guess what? I have a former guest that has been on my show about two years ago. You probably remember us talking about the name of the show was called Technology for Love. So I'm like, I have the pleasure of having him back on once again. Jonathan Robinson, who is a psychotherapist, a best-selling author of 12 books, and he has been a frequent guest on Oprah, CNN, in my show. In addition, his work has been featured in USA Today and Newsweek magazine. He recently wrote a book called More Love, Less Conflict, and he's here with us today to talk about all things related to relationships, communication, and how to create more love and less conflict in your life. We'll give you the website and the Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter information after a while. So, as I said, do not be afraid to call in. Do so at 347-426-426. 3751 if it's related to you, but without further ado, I like, I give the great pleasure of welcoming Jonathan back on the show. Jonathan, thank you so much for being here with us today. I really do I, appreciate you. It's always fun to be so, on your show, Technisha. Yes, appreciate it. Take your time around. Great book that you have out. It's the first one when I, well, probably not your first. But the other book that I have received, it's it's always so good. So what have you been up to lately? Well, you know, besides besides writing the More Love, Less Conflict book, I've been speaking at corporations, telling them how to communicate with each other. Because, you know, I think you've noticed the nation is pretty polarized, and uh, we've had a failure to communicate, as Clint Eastwood once said. Right. Well, things like this always make me happy with the fact of what's going on in the world right now. So much controversy with our president, everything. Things like this make me excited to do my show and have you on. So I want to get started into your book. You talk about communication miracle, um, speaking of it in your book. So what do you mm-hmm. mean by a communication miracle? Well, Tanisha, have you ever had a, a, a difficult relationship with someone, you know, something's not working out or you're arguing, and then somehow it turns around quickly. You know, maybe you were having a an argument with a partner and suddenly you you resolve it and you hug and it's over. I, I consider when things are yeah. going from from bad to great or from 
kind of uh, numb to real love, those are communication miracles. And I tried, I find that you can teach people how to do that. And when they do, all their relationships quickly get a lot better. I never even had thought about it, especially in the terms of communication miracle. But I have been through those experiences. I go through it with my husband for 13 years. Um, now, you know, we have our little fuss, and then all of a sudden we make back up and be like, hey, okay, hey, I'm sorry, didn't mean it, words came out wrong. Yeah, so I, I like the choice of words, though, communication miracle. Like, okay, uh-huh. that, could, that could possibly work Um, That could possibly work with the relationship at work because we have our relationships with our coworkers, our boss, and, and things don't always come out the way they need to be when you're at work and there's fusion going on. So I, awesome words. Um, but how is this book? so much different than your former book, Communication Miracles for Couples. Well, you know, that book uh, Oprah said was the best book she'd ever read on communication, so it did rather well. (laughs) But I like this one better because what I tried to do is give people really, really simple methods that can immediately turn relationships around, you know, so how to never argue again or how to really get back to a place of love. Um, that I find that if a method takes more than about 10 seconds to explain, most people won't do it, including me. So I tried to give really simple, like, fill-in-the-blank statements that anytime you want to have more love or you want to have less conflict, just say these words, and it works pretty much every time. Uh, so it's a little bit uh, more of, of a, a method book than the other one and a little bit more geared towards making even good relationships better. Okay. Now, you you just mentioned about certain words that people need to ask. So what are precisely all those words, Johnson? Well, it depends. Like, for example, if you – well, one way to make any relationship better is to simply say – Something I really appreciate about you is (laughs) people love appreciation. And the best predictor of how happy a marriage is is the amount of appreciations couples give to each other. You know, so even if you're not happy with a lot of things about your mate, you can always say something that you like, you know, either, you know, the fact that they did something for you two years ago or that they're, kind to strangers or whatever. So just saying, you know, what could I like or appreciate about my partner and telling them makes a big difference. But there's also things that you can do when things are tough, like, you know, if you're in the middle of an argument, uh, filling in this sentence will end all arguments immediately. And the sentence is, in what way did I contribute to this upset we're having? By taking some responsibility for how you contributed, of course your partner did too, um, that will end an argument because then they don't have to convince you that you contributed. And, And little things like that can make a big difference, you know, because normally what people do is they blame and shame their partner. I don't know about you, Technicia, but whenever I tell my partner, my wife, how wrong she is and how uh, uh, she needs to change, she never she never responds by saying, oh, my gosh, yes, now I see it. Thank you for telling me the errors of my ways. That, that hasn't happened. Has that have, ever happened to you? No, it actually doesn't. And my husband usually, he'll ask, well, what's wrong? What are you talking about? What do you yeah. mean? I don't understand. Where is all this coming from? And I'm looking at him like, what do you mean where it's coming from? Especially if it engages and starts, ignites the fire and starts the argument. It's like, okay, now you start the argument, but I'm the crazy one when I end up um, defending myself. So I feel like, okay, am I the villain in this? So I definitely definitely know what you mean, Johnson. Yeah, you know, my wife and I, uh, before I got into communication, we used to argue a lot, and now – we never argue, and it's really life has a different feel when you are getting along great with your mate, when you're getting along great with your coworkers, when you're getting along great with your kids. You know, you don't need a lot of money. All you need is a lot of love in your life, and and 
it makes a huge difference in how good you feel. Oh yeah, I can, I can definitely imagine that. And also, you know, it brought me to the part two of your book, understanding your partner, knowing what makes them tick, knowing what their emotional points are. That also plays a part in communication. You have to know your partner very well. Yeah, you know, I, I, ne- uh, I, I'm a psychotherapist, so I see a lot of couples. And I never had a couple walk into my office and say, Jonathan, we really understand each other quite well. That's why we want a divorce. You know, that doesn't happen. It's people don't understand each other, and therefore those not understandings can lead to problems. So I have a lot of methods in the More Love, Less Conflict book that are ways to easily understand your partner. And, you know, I think uh, that book, uh, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, were, were right, that people are really different. And you have to learn how your partner thinks. You have to learn what triggers them so you can avoid that. And you have to learn why they do the crazy things that they sometimes do. And if you understand them, then uh, you can, you know, have compassion and empathy. But if you don't understand them, it leads to all kinds of problems. Right, and just speaking on divorce, because the divorce rate is almost reaching 50% of all married couples. Why do you think so many couples are having a hard time nowadays? Well, you know, marriage is largely about how well people communicate, especially when under stress. And I don't know about you, but I never had to take a course on communication growing up. You know, I'm a psychotherapist. I never had to take a course on communication. I had to take a course on geometry and trigonometry and calculus and algebra, (laughs) which I've never used. But uh, most of us don't learn how to communicate, so all we know how to do is blame people. And that doesn't work. So I think uh, if all you know how to do is blame people, uh, it can literally lead to a lot of problems. And, you know, of course, my book and my talks, I'm trying to remedy that. But, you know, not only are half of marriages ending in divorce, but when people get divorced, the second and third marriages are even higher rates of divorce, which means that people aren't learning from their mistakes. So I think it's important that people get some education uh, so that they can get better at this skill, which really is the key to more love, but it's also the key to more money, strangely enough. You know, the, the, the best predictor of how much money you'll make in your life is how many years of college you go to. The second best predictor of how much money you'll make in your life is how good of a communicator you are. You know, uh, Oprah's actually a good example because here's a woman who – was born incredibly poor, uh, was physically and sexually abused, had a stillborn child at age 14. Um, But she became Mm -hmm. a communication, uh, obsessed with communication. And she managed to get a, uh, a scholarship to go to college and was a communication major. And it ends up that Oprah is now the most loved person on earth. And the first time I was on her show, I asked her, how'd you, how'd you go from having so little to being the most loved person on earth? And she said, in, it's all about communication. It's all about uh, helping people to feel good about themselves. And I, I agree that really some skills are very, very rewarded, and most people don't know those skills. They don't, and communication also lies in the way you could communicate for others to understand you. I don't need to talk to a fifth grader with big college words. I need to talk to them where they can understand that, hey, you broke the dish. I don't need to add any extra terminology to it. So communication, it definitely goes a long way, and it also focuses on nonverbal and verbal. And that either way, if you... Even if you look like, oh, nothing's bothering me, but I see your lip poked out and you're rolling your eyes at me, now I know that you're upset. It's very big. And Oprah, besides Monica Pearson, is one of my idols. That's why I went to school for communication 
because of her. I said, wow, this woman really has the dedication, that determination. She has that fire in her. I said, I want to be just like Oprah. I mean, I'm not as a news anchor, but I said, I, I love to talk and I love to communicate with people. I like to make, when I talk, I love to make people smile and happy. That's why I love to do what I do now because yeah, it makes me yeah, feel good. Yeah. You know, somebody else feels good, you know. But um, I, I heard you were on the TV show, Gerardo, and what an awesome yeah. show. I mean, that's another recognition that we can really focus on because he has been in the news industry for so long. But you was on there with Donald Trump when you were promoting your previous book in the late 1990s. What was your interaction with him like? Well, you know, Donald Trump has a communication style that uh, I don't personally like, um, but it has made him successful in business. And, some, you know, one of the things that shows you is that different communication styles uh, people appreciate. And um, with the time that I met him, he was he – was, uh, getting his makeup done uh, for the Geraldo show, and I was waiting to get my makeup done. He was criticizing the makeup artists a lot, and I was just kind of watching this because I thought it was unusual. That's not how I I like to communicate. And um, uh, so when he was done with his makeup, uh, I said, "Why why did you put that woman down so much? And he said, because she was horrible at what she did. And next time, because I told her she'll do better. Well, that's a certain communication style. And, I, you know, I, I'm not here to say that he's doing it wrong because he has been successful in some respect. But if you look at Donald Trump, whether you like his politics or not, he always looks miserable, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, he always looks mad. <laughs> and uh, by his own admission, he says that he has no friends. And, you know, Melania, his wife, won't even appear with him hardly. So he might be successful in terms of of career, but I would not say he's been successful in the areas of love. And you want to know that your communication style will actually lead to love because I think love is really the key to happiness and even a spiritual connection. Right, and I know a lot of people look at me crazy, but I think that's the one thing I do like about Donald Trump of him having a business mindset. Um, as far mm-hmm. as anything else, no, no, not good with communication, especially no Twitter. We definitely know that it's always some bashing with him on Twitter, so he's stuck with communicating. But if you want a business done, he's a guy. That's what I do like about him as as being an entrepreneur myself. Um, now. Jump, I want to go back a little bit. Can you give us some examples of a couple of the methods you actually described in your book and how they will work so well for couples? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I think what people really want, Technisha, is uh, they want three things. They want to know that their partner cares. They want to be understood. Yeah. And they want empathy. Yeah. And uh, the good yeah, news is that you. most partners are horrible at giving each of those three things. And I say that's good news because once you learn how to give your partner those things, the relationship is transformed. So uh, an example of, of like a simple method from the book is when your partner comes home and they talk about how hard their day was and how their boss yelled at them, don't try to fix them mean right away, or, or don't try and say, hey, you're blowing it out of proportion. I call it dismissing. Instead, give them empathy. And that might sound like something like, it sounds like you had a really stressful day. That must feel really hard. That's very simple. You know, you're just summarizing what they said to you in one sentence and then guessing how they feel. When people give each other empathy, it's amazing how much that creates new connections and how much that makes people feel better. You know, a lot of women come to me and they say, my, you know, my husband doesn't understand me because he's always trying to fix me. And I teach their husbands how to give empathy, and that solves like 90% of their, their, their problems right away. 
because people really want care and understanding and empathy. So that's one method. Another method would be, you know, it's really important to know two pieces of information about your partner and two pieces of information to share with your partner. And that is what you're feeling and what you're wanting. So I have couples just fill in these blanks. Right now I'm feeling blank. Right now I'm wanting blank. You know, if you know those two things about yourself and about your partner, communication goes a lot better. I I can understand it too, Johnson, about the first part when you said, that most of the time when you're having issues, because I feel that same way. I just want you to listen. I don't want you to solve it for me because nine times out of ten, I probably already don't figure out how to solve it, but I just want you to hear it out. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes most men, in most situations, as my experience, when you talk about something, they'll holler, oh, well, you complain. No, I'm not complaining. I just want you to listen to me and understand where I'm coming from. Or maybe you don't. But that's the one thing about communication is putting yourself in that person's shoes. That what makes a great leader with any, um, I think a lot of, no offense, but a lot of my members need to listen to this show as well. That what makes a great leader to me when you can empathize and put yourself in that person's position. That Because, I mean, by the end of the day, the person is looking up to you, they're following you. And that goes for anyone out here, parents too. You have to sometimes put your own, you have to put your feet, yourself in your child's position to understand, okay, this is where they're coming from. It's not always about I'm the adult, I'm right. It's about knowing where that person is actually coming from. Do you really, you, you know, you can feel them on that. That's what, and people fail to realize, I think that's why there's so much confusion now going on in the world. People not understanding where the other person is coming from. We're so, so quick to judge, so quick to attack on everything subject out here, my God, that's why I turn off the news, I get so tired of listening to it sometimes, because it's like, do we even think about this situation before this happened, like, a lot of this stuff could be prevented before even it, before it even occurs, but I I, get, I definitely like those methods, and I hope who's ever on the line today that you'll listen to these methods, because it's really going to help you, and Jonathan's book going to help you too, so, um, as a psychotherapist, I know you see a lot of couples and counseling, what What's the most common issue you see come up over and over again besides just communication issues? Well, the, the, the number one problem is blame. You know, that's the language we're taught, how to blame each other. And as I said earlier, blame never works. You never, you never tell your partner how wrong they are and they then thank you and change. That, that doesn't happen. So that's, in a way, the most common problem, <clears throat> you know, um, and – Luckily, there are, are ways to communicate that don't involve blame that really do get your partner to change. Most people don't know those methods, and that's why I write books about them, but there are very simple – think of it like learning a different language. You know, uh, if, if you're speaking Swahili and your partner's speaking French, there's no actual communication happening. So I, I try to help people teach the same language. But in terms of the the – issue that goes on, I'd say the number one issues are, are sex and money. Probably money number one, sex number two. And, you know, those can be, and, and parenting number three. So, you know, people have real issues that they have to come to some agreement about. And just telling your partner what, how they're wrong or an idiot doesn't solve the problem. So you have to Learn to really negotiate and understand your partner. And one of the things I teach in the More Love, Less Conflict book is even how to get your partner to change. Because I don't know about your partner, Technisha, but my wife sometimes has some really dumb ideas. (laughs) And I also have some dumb ideas sometimes. And we have to listen to each other to set each other straight sometimes. You know, two heads are better than one. And uh, when my wife is kind of off the rails, I have to know ways that can help her to feel heard and then work out some solution that uh, I think is going to actually work. And she has to do the same thing for me. So once again, those are skills. And skills are 
like you know tennis. Uh, the first time you play tennis, you're not so good, but with a little bit of practice, uh, you can get the hang of it, and that's what um, I try and teach. So in my private practice, I'd say money is the number one issue, how to spend it, uh, sex, number two issue, uh, parenting, number three. And I find that if people know how to talk to each other, you can solve each of those problems in about five minutes. If you don't know how to talk to each other, those problems never get resolved. Why right. Would you say, Jonathan, that's the one thing couples can probably do quickly to improve the quality of their relationship just by talking about the different factors that's involved in their relationship? Yeah, you know, and uh, different little things can make a big difference. You know, when people come and they're ready to get divorced, they say, well, what's the problem? And a lot of times they'll say little things like, you know, she never, she always burns my toast in the morning or he squeeze, he doesn't squeeze the <laughs> taste from the bottom or whatever. Little things can make a big difference. So when you learn how to give your partner more of what they want, they give you what you want. You know, one of the times I was on the Oprah show, um, the first time I was on her show, uh, she came up to me and she said, I really liked your book. Uh, I liked your story about your dog. And she said, what's your dog's name? And I said, his name's Rama. And she said, how's he doing? And this is off camera. Uh, and I said, well, he's having a hard time now. He's having some health issues. And she said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I'll be sure to pray for him, which I thought was pretty nice that, you know, she even took uh, any interest in my dog. So I'm on her show two years later, and she comes up to me, and she says, good to have you on the show again, Jonathan. Uh, how's Rama? And the fact that, you know, the richest, most powerful woman on earth would remember this conversation from two years ago and remember my dog's name struck me as impossible. So I said, who's Rama? And she said, Rama's your dog. He was having a hard time physically. Is he okay? And I was just floored by this. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> I told Oprah, how'd you remember this? That's amazing. And she said, well, you know, when I was a teenager's, I, I realized I had nothing going for me. I was, you know, I lived in a house that didn't even have a, a, a toilet, and I was in the retarded people's class in school, and I, uh, I had had a stillborn child. And I said, what do I have going for me? And she said, you know, what I have going for me is that I really care about people. So I'm going to make a vow to show that I really care about people every day. And then she turned to her studio audience, which was like 500 people, and she said, it looks like that vow turned out pretty good, don't you think? <laughs> and I smiled, and I said, yeah, it looks like it turned out pretty good. And, you know, so little things like showing that you care about people and communicating that took this woman from the bottom of society to the top most loved person on earth. You know, it's not that she's the smartest person or the best looking or any of those things, but little things can make a huge difference into the quality of our lives. And that's always been an important story for me, that it's the little things done day to day, like acts of kindness or listening to people or giving them empathy that can make a huge difference in the quality of a person's life or relationship. That is so true. So true. I couldn't agree with you more right there, Jonathan. And I feel the same way. I'm a waitress at the Marriott, and most of my guests uh -huh. come back. Hey, how, how's that situation that happened such a long time ago? I'm like, wow, it's amazing what people can remember. And it shows, it does, the same way you probably felt. It shows that that person had a heartfelt moment with you. They understood, even for them to remember that. I mean, it makes it does. It makes me feel good when somebody say, "Hey, I remember this happened to you. How things going with you? Not for gossiping purposes or to slander you, but to under, to let you know, hey, I remember this was going on. Mike didn't have the time to inquire about it then, but I'm inquiring about it now. What we're gonna do? We're gonna take a short commercial break with Justin. We're gonna come back. 
with more questions, so don't touch that dial and don't forget. You can call in at 347-426-3751. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Talk Radio, baby. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, protection, friendship, independence. Distracted driving means danger, recklessness, irresponsible, chaos, police, devastation, injury, death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. That's right, my listeners. Don't forget, Georgia passed the law now. They're not playing about that texting. So please put those phones up. It's not that serious. That conversation can wait. And whoever is texting you, they could be held liable for the accident as well. So that's something that we need to think about because that's one of my pet peeves, people texting on the phone. It's like, oh, my God, you can't wait for that one little text. Is it that serious that you got to answer that phone? Why not just park? But anyhow, we're back here with my good friend and former guest, Jonathan Robinson, who's a psychotherapist. If you're just tuning in, we are discussing about his newest book out. That's right, More Love, Less Conflict, a communication playbook for couples. And it really is a a complete guide for you to better your relationship. And a lot of times we don't know what's going on in our relationship because we don't take the time out to communicate those issues. We go day to day and think, ah, it's okay. You understand what I'm feeling. Maybe you understand, but no one understands. No one is a mind reader without your mouth actually opening. And Justin and I have been discussing about the divorce rate, his relationship of being on Oprah Winfrey's show. We have talked about it all. Um, now, it's, it's, Justin, what would you say is your one final piece of advice that you have for people wanting to prove any of their relationships? Wanting to what their relationship? What one final piece of advice do you have for people wanting to improve any of their relationships? Uh, mm -hmm. Well, the first thing I would say is to get a little bit of communication training. You know, it's something that we do every waking hour of our day. We communicate. But most people haven't taken a lesson in it or don't know any methods for doing effective communication because they haven't studied it. So I would suggest that they read a book or take a workshop, learn something about that because good communicators have a lot more love in their life, have a lot more money and financial success. So that's one thing I would do. And the other thing I would say is to stop blaming as much as possible and do more appreciating and uh, saying what you actually feel and want. Now, I have, you know, 30 other methods and suggestions in the More Love, Less Conflict book, but in terms of one piece of advice, I'd say that that points you in the right direction. And the quality of our life is largely dependent on the quality of our communication. So... Uh, the good news is when you improve, you don't have to wait for your partner to change. By you changing the quality of your communication, it changes, it forces them to change as well. Just like if two people are dancing and one 
uh, trips, the other one falls as well. But if, if you have one really good dancer, they can kind of help the other person to dance uh, pretty well. So that's my one piece of advice. And, and uh, it's exciting because you start to experience more love right away when you learn how to do some of these things. Well, one of your advices that I like is of Chapter 31, write what you feel. Tell your mate exactly what you need to tell them, and that could be as simply a heartfelt expression of what you're experiencing in your relationship, what you see happening, and what you really want. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard to hit a target if you don't know what the target is. So by telling people what you want, um, it makes it easier for them to help you out. I tell women uh, there's some words that men almost always respond well to. Rather than complain, uh, you can simply say, uh, honey, I could really use your help. I really would like it if blank, you know, whatever it is you want. Because men like to be the hero. They like to help out. But when they hear complaints, it kind of shuts them down. But when they hear requests, you know, I would really like it if you could uh, just listen to me and and, uh, hold me right now. You know, that would be a very specific thing, and men can do that. But if you don't tell them exactly what you want, they often don't know because men are different than women. They sure are, and I do the same as that thing. I make the assumption that my husband knows what exactly I want, and sometimes they don't. I even had my friend tell me, said, you just need to tell them what you want. If you want to go out, tell them. You can't expect them to be a mind reader, and you'd be like, okay, I'm working hard. I'm doing all this. Think that you would think that I would want to go out maybe to a nice little day, leave the kids behind, but they they don't actually do that. And you are right about that. Sometimes I will blow off the handle and I'll say things that might be hurting. I'm looking like, okay. Now, that's one thing a man who does not like, ladies, is his ego to be torn down. Anytime you make a man feel less of himself, that really hurts the relationship. You'd be thinking that it's helping, but you're actually just tearing him down. Um, Johnson is making great points here for all of us. So what are some of your suggestions do you have for improving communication that is not face-to-face, such as text and emails? Because a lot of times I have had to tell someone something. I might have called them right then there, but I had to text them, and it's like, okay, I don't want to argue through a text. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you know, it's tough. You know, uh, we already have a hard time communicating, and then through text and email, you don't get the the sense of what people are really feeling. So there's a lot of miscommunications that happen there. So whenever possible, I encourage people to, you know, talk to each other and preferably even face-to-face. You know, emojis can help a little bit. But um, a lot of times in my text, I love my Yes, yes, I love emojis too. But, you know, sometimes telling people uh, exactly what – I'm feeling in my texts or emails, uh, usually people don't express that stuff directly, and you have to read between the lines, and that can lead to all kinds of problems. So I usually will tell people, you know, what I'm feeling really is blank, and what I'm wanting really is blank, and that can help. But whenever possible, if you want a really deep communication, which I think is what we all want, um, I think it's always better to have the the real communications uh, be face to face, or at least talking to each other. But you know, well, for uh, for your listeners, yeah. Technisha, um, I do have something that uh, I think that they'll like. That's free. Um, I, I have a website that's morelovelessconflict.com, and people can uh, okay. get uh, twelve questions that lead to instant intimacy for free and what I find is when you use when you share these questions really with anyone it immediately leads to intimacy and if you look at the word intimacy the instructions for finding it are hidden in the word into me see and when you reveal stuff about yourself in a safe place intimacy is created 
So these 12 questions, you can literally ask anyone any of these questions, and immediately there's a connection. And uh, people can get that list of questions for free at my website, More Love, Less Conflict. Make sure you write that down. This would definitely be of um, good use for you. What are the main obstacles to people having better communication, Johnson? Well, I think the main obstacle, Technicia, is that people think that they already know how to communicate. It's that their partner doesn't know how to communicate. <laughs> That's how it appears, isn't it? You know, where you think, well, I'm doing fine. It's them who's crazy or doesn't know how to you know, say something. <laughs> but um, everybody can get better. You know, even if you're a decent communicator, you can always get better. Um, and... Uh, do you know who Tony Robbins is, a motivational speaker? Yes, he has talked about so much on my affirmation. Uh, good, yeah. Uh, Tony, I took a course from Tony maybe 30 years ago. It was called Communication 101, and it was a 100-hour course, 100 hours on how to communicate effectively. Now, most people, if you ask them to do a course on communication, how long would that course be? It would probably be about two minutes, you know. <laughs> Most people don't know that much about it. So uh, the reason why Ho Tony is the number one speaker in the world, he makes, I don't know if you know this, he makes $300,000 per hour. You know, you can't live on that, but it's a good start. And uh the reason he, he, you know, he never graduated high school, but the reason he's so good, he's a really good communicator. You know, he knows a lot of information about it. So I think um, thinking that you know a lot about communication when you really don't is a problem. Because if you think you know a lot, then you won't learn more. And uh, so I think, think that that gets in the way. And then the whole culture is now focused on blame and polarization, you see it in our politics, you see it in business, and that really doesn't go anywhere. You know, nobody's listening to each other. Two people not listening to each other is an argument. And we need to learn to listen to each other, and the people who can do that are going to be rewarded with more love and less conflict, and they'll also be rewarded with more success in business, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Now, how can couples go ahead and argument, Johnson? That seems like that's so hard to sometimes do, even if you feel that it's at a perfection point in your life. Okay, we're not arguing. We haven't done it in a couple of months. But somewhere in between, something's going to make um, that fire go off again. Yeah. Well, in the in the More Love, Less Conflict book, I have like four methods that help people to avoid arguments, and they all work really great. As I said, my wife and I used to argue a lot, and we haven't had an argument in maybe four years. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll give a real simple method, but there's several in the book. One method is to, uh, when you find that you're getting upset with your mate, or they're getting upset with you, either of you can say two magic words that should avoid an argument. And the two words are red light. Now, when you say the words red light, either partner says the words red light. What that means is you have to spend five minutes cooling down and not saying anything to each other. Because arguments come from momentum. You know, you, you don't burst out into anger all of a sudden, it, 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 it rises in stress, and you get more and more upset, and finally two people are yelling at each other. Well, before you get to that point, just have either partner say the words red light, and you take a five-minute break. What you do during that break is up to you. You can go for a walk. You can watch a YouTube clip. You can uh, play you know, some music. Uh, you can sit silently and hold hands. But if you can avoid um, getting more and more upset and going with the, the momentum, you can stop an argument in its tracks. 
Now, I have other methods in the More Love, Less Conflict book that also work. And the key is that you find a method that is so ridiculously easy and so effective that works for you. Because I don't believe that arguments are helpful. I think that they tear people apart and that they hurt relationships. And if you're arguing with somebody, that means that you need to uh, work on your communication skills. Yeah, true. And it will also cause you stress in the long run. Having high blood pressure, trying to argue every little simple point, everything is not meant for an argument. You have to learn how to choose your battles wisely. Another thing I like that you pointed out was the fact that you listen. Um, I'll listen while you talk. Give a, you know, specify a length of time. This other person can talk, get it all out, and then take your turn. You know, you take turns to communicate, hey, this is what I not like, da 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 this is on television. That one side goes first, then you go. Not both of you go at the same time. We're not, we can't listen. It's too much confusion in between. Then no one can hear the other person at all. But in, in the book, I, I don't know if I've seen it or not, but do you discuss the power of nonverbal communication such as touch and reading nonverbal cues? I do, because as you know, Technisha, it's really important. And, you know, most people are not aware of their nonverbal communication, which is like how they're holding their body or how fast or loud they're talking or what tone of voice they use. I mean, let me me show you the power of nonverbal communication, okay? I'm going to say something with words that's contradicted by my tone of voice, okay? And tell me which, which one okay. comes, comes through more loudly, okay? So uh, here are the words. Gee, Technicia, I'm just so excited to be on your show again. You know, I couldn't be more thrilled to, that uh, we get to do this again. <laughs> you get that? My, my lack of enthusiasm in my tone of voice speaks much more loudly than the words did. So um, you, you want to be careful that you know how your, how your nonverbal communication is affecting your relationship. Yes, so true. Um, and I was just thinking of the fact that by me being in network marketing, that's one of the things my business partner was discussing about, your tonality. I could walk up to you and tell you, hey, I got a business, you take my card. I don't feel kind of enthused by I don't want your card. Like, you didn't make me feel welcome to even want to look at it, you know. So now it goes a long way. And even when you're about me being a waitress, it works so well when you have that positive attitude. I'm standing there looking like my arms folded, seem like I'm rolling my eyes. Of course, no, she don't want to work here. She don't even want to take my order. But you have to make people yeah. feel welcome no matter what you feel on the inside. The outside is so much better. Jonathan is speaking everything so right. First impression is everything. And your facial expressions, your tonality goes a long ways. It does. What effect do you really think smartphones have had on our communication skills? Well, I think they've made them more superficial. You know, the average person looks at their smartphone yeah. about 100 times a day. And, you know, you never have a, a text w- uh, on your smartphone, which is like a really deep, quality, loving communication. So it's more superficial. It's more on the surface. <clears throat> and we don't get the deep connection that we really are craving. Uh, you know, quality, a, a thousand Facebook friends does not equal one really good friend. And um, so I think so I think it's really important that we don't let our I, I call smartphones WMDs. WMDs aren't weapons of mass destruction. They're widgets of mass distraction. And we need to learn uh, that not to let these distractions interfere with what we really, really want in life, which is love and connection and belonging and things like that. So 
I think these smartphones have have made uh, us more hungry for real connection and uh, have also interfered with that. I really think it has made most just so dumb to the perspective of communicating. We don't even pick up the phone anymore and call anyone, see how they're actually doing. I'm guilty of it sometimes. I just had a few friends who asked, well, you haven't talked to me in a while. You just text. And, and it's so much different when a person actually hears your voice. They, they can probably feel the emotion through your tone. But just text, I don't know if you're happy. I don't know if you're sad. Your words really can't tell me anything. You can write, you can text that you're happy, but I don't know that because I don't hear your voice. Pick up that phone, let people hear you. And that's what our world is getting to now. People are so quick to text. Even, I mean, with this uh, millennial group, of course, that's all you catch them doing now on cell phones. I even get on my chair, I'm like, anybody doing anything productive on the phone besides just texting? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's almost literally like you have to text your chair to get them to do stuff. Hey, can you clean your room? Emoji. <laughs> really, it's it's funny, but it's sad at the same time that our our world has gotten to this. Um, so, what makes for people you actually interviewed, such as Oprah or the? Uh, well, we we discussed about Oprah, but what else can make them great communicators? Her, maybe Dalai Lama. Yeah, I've been lucky and I interviewed the Dalai Lama and Oprah and, and uh, a bunch of other people who, you know, people really love. And one of the things I see is that they are all incredibly empathic. By empathic, when you're talking to them, they really get a sense of feeling your feelings. They're there with you on a, a feeling basis. And that feels so good. And that's the what, what I see happen a lot is the opposite. Like people interrupt you, you know. When you interrupt somebody, think of what that's saying. Like it, when somebody interrupts you, what they're basically saying is, you know, what you have to say is so predictable or so boring that in order to save a few of my precious seconds, I'm going to stop you right now and tell you what's really important. I mean, if somebody says that to you, you get pretty upset. But that's what an interruption is. Whereas these really successful communicators, they don't interrupt. They're, like, really with you, and you feel like the only person in the room. And, and that's why people like Oprah, who have that skill, they can literally go from, from the bottom of the, the socioeconomic ladder to the top because they, they have a skill that is so valued that it makes them very successful. Mm-hmm. Yes, because um, see, I, I keep going back to the fact that by what I do, being a waitress, I think about everything that you're saying. Uh, not too long ago, after this past weekend, we had a huge group at the hotel, and they're just sweet. It's how when they want to be, but rude. It's like, okay, you're grown. I should have to tell you to say excuse me when you see that I'm at another table. Instead of calling out my name, I'm like, really? Do I have to treat you like I do my children? Put them in right. time out. Be respectful. I'm scared of taking orders, and I sit here to, hey, TK, take me. Can you not call out my name? I'm trying to take this other person order. It's not about you right now. It's about them. They they need food too. You're not the only one. And it was consistently happening. It's like, oh my god. Like, you really don't have home training at all. You're in business suits, and you didn't learn that first factor, I see, from your parents. When they first told you to say excuse me, you didn't learn that. Right. You, missed, you missed that. You missed the basics. I, I do understand where you're coming from. Even when I'm on my show, I do try to be malleable and respectful with my guests. Hey, let them get their words out um, before I speak. You know, make sure that they're finished talking. You know, and I don't mind. You might want to go three minutes on talking, and that's fine. I'm going to let you get what you have to say out, and then I can engage. But people don't learn that, and that's another issue. Um, now, in real estate, there's a saying that people are looking for location, location, location. In communication, what are people really looking for, Jonathan, here? Well, I think they're looking for understanding, understanding, and being understood. And if you can help somebody feel understood, if you give people what they want, 
they will give you what you want. You know, I was an incredibly shy kid and teenager that couldn't talk. And um, when I read a book that talked about how people want empathy and understanding, I kind of got it. I started to do that. And, you know, now I've reached 200 million people around the world, you know, and sold a lot of books and been on TV a lot. And it's all because I learned how to communicate better. And it's really pretty simple. And it's good news that most people don't know how to do this because if you know how to do it at all, you stand out. You know, it's like you don't have to be a really good levitator to stand out in the world. One person levitating six inches, you know, you're going to get a lot of attention. (laughs) It's the same is true if you can really be a good listener and really communicate well. Uh, since most people don't know how to do that, you'll stand out and you'll get more love and you'll also get more uh, money because you you will tend to be better at your work. So I'd say uh, the answer to that question is understanding, understanding, understanding. And being, under- and being understood. Yeah, helping helping to understand other people. Uh, you know, it's in the same Francis prayer. Seek to understand rather than to be understood. Now, if if you do seek to understand people, you'll you'll be able to communicate better with them because you understand them, and they will like you a lot more because they will uh, you're giving them what they most desire. Right, and these are steps that we also have to follow at my job. When a person has a complaint, listen to them. Yeah. Empathize. That's all they want. They want you to empathize. Now, hey, my food is messed up. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Let me take it back. You don't know what's wrong with their food. Maybe it's too salty. Listen to them. Understand. Hey, maybe their food's salty. Maybe it's too cold. Not just, okay, I'm going to just take it back. I'll get you another one. Cool. Okay. That's it. I might don't want another one. <laughs> right, so it goes it goes a long ways. Um, is there a simple technique, Jonathan, for that a per, that can help a person deal with difficult or highly upset people? I know I'm one of them. Have been through that situation. It didn't end up pretty. Well, when people are upset or being difficult, what they're wanting is empathy. So if you say, "Oh, it sounds like you know you've been really." shortchanged here or you've been really uh, screwed here, <laughs> you know, that must feel horrible. They, you know, if you go with their energy, um, they will calm down. When you show them how wrong they are, how stupid they're being, they do not calm down. They get more difficult. So uh, in the More Love, Less Conflict book, I go into how to deal with difficult people so that they become a lot less difficult. You know, because difficult people are no okay. fun to be around, so the key is to to calm them down, and uh, and if you give them what they want, they will calm down and give you what you want. Yes, so so very true, and I learned that from an ordeal. It's not best for you both to explode. It don't end up well, especially if you're in the workforce. It's not going to end up pretty. One or the other, they're going to be target as being right and you're going to be wrong and have a write up. So that's a well life lesson. I, I deal with it most when people are upset. I talk to them coming, hey, I got you. I understand this is what you're going through. Let me go talk to my boss. I'll be right back and we'll start resolve the issue. It's better than both of you getting flamed up. It's no it's no point. But Jonathan, is there any more advice that you would love to get a listeners before we get off air? Yeah, I would say invest in yourself. Invest in uh what will lead to more love in your life because love is what is that really makes people happy. And I think the thing that really leads to more love is better communication skills. So do whatever you can to do that. If people want the 12 questions that lead to instant intimacy, they can get it for free on my website, morelovelessconflict.com. And um, that, that, Love heals. All you know, the Beatles said, "All you need is love." So uh, focus in that direction, and good things will happen to you. Boy, you heard it from Johnson's mouth, and do not forget to pick up the book, "More Love, 
less conflict. It's a communication playbook for couples, and it will definitely help mend those differences that you have and help you get through that day and through the years, and you'll last forever. But before I leave you, I'd like to give you the word of a wise woman who was who is my friend, also was a former guest on my show, Mary Elton Technovich. Know what motivates you. What are passionate about? What are you are you committed to achieving? These are all things that motivate you. Are you committed to gaining money or material possessions? Pure ego centered, or are you committed to achieving a peaceful, tranquil, loving life for the betterment of our planet? Heart centered. Or are you attempting to achieve both? Hard tasks. Most of you like to say you're committed to both, but how can you be? Your outer shelf craves expensive clothes, cars, home, etc. While your inner soul wants love, nothing more. When God touches your heart with unconditional love, do you feel it and accept it? Who are you and what are you really committed to? Maybe you can balance both. I do not know. God will respect your choice and love you forever. Today, think about what motivates you. Enjoy the day. And remember, communication is the key to any relationship, regardless if it's a job or your house or your children. Use it wisely and be careful what you say. Words you can't take back. Once they're out there, they're out there. But I'll see you next time on the Bright Side with Technicia. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 